0: Hey, everybody, welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today, you're listening to episode 92, and I'm talking with Donna Deegan. Donna is the founder of the Donna Marathon down in Jacksonville, Florida. She's the mother of two. She's an author. She's a three time breast cancer survivor. And she worked in television for over 30 years. Donna brings a message of love over fear. And you guys, this episode, get your pen out get your notes on your ipad iphone out because you're going to want to take notes she has so many good takeaways from this episode and it's one of those episodes where i just get off the interview feeling so grateful and thankful that i have the opportunity with this podcast to talk to incredible people like donna and just learn from her and 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 grow and and just soak up the wisdom that she's giving all of us. So this is a good one. You guys are really going to enjoy it. And hey, if you guys want to run the Donna Marathon with me, I'm going to go down to Jacksonville. It's the weekend of February 9th through 11th, and you can use the code Lindsay15 to get 15% off your registration. I'll put the link to that in the show notes. Uh, Glenn's going to run the half, and I'm going to run the full, I do believe. So come run with one of us. Or just be there and celebrate. And the cool thing, which we talk about in this episode, is is what the money from the Donna Foundation does and where it goes. And And they're doing so much funding of really good research that has been groundbreaking. And is going to make such a difference in the lives of so many people. Hey, are you guys, are you tuning in every week? Are you enjoying the show? If you are, or if you're new and you love it, I would so appreciate it if you would leave me a review on iTunes. You guys... I decided this morning to make this crazy goal that I would try to get to over a thousand ratings or reviews on iTunes, and it's kind of comical because I'm only at like 381 right now, Uh, but I'm just going to go ahead and dream big here because I do know there's a lot more than a thousand of you guys tuning in every week, so it should be doable. And I'm just going to take advice from Shalane Flanagan. When when I had her on this podcast, she said, um, "If you're achieving all your goals, you're probably not setting a high enough standard for yourself." So I'm going to dream big and give myself a real hearty goal with how many ratings and reviews on this show. And you know, the reason it's so important is because iTunes likes it when shows have lots of ratings and reviews. And so then it'll like, I guess, so I'm told, pop up in people's feeds that are looking for it. So by doing that, you're helping people who don't know about the show to find it. It's super simple. And if you are doing it from your phone, your podcast app, if you're subscribed to the show, here's the trick. You still have to go to your app and search for the show like you're not subscribed to it and do it that way. That is how you do it. And then once you do search it, you will see details, reviews, related, click on reviews, and then you'll see in purple, it says write a review and you'll do that. All right, let's get to thanking some sponsors. I want to thank Generation UCAN for once again, getting behind this podcast and supporting this show. You guys, I use their products and Generation You Can is powered by a super starch. And the super starch is what gives you a slow release in carbohydrates with no crash. They're easy on the stomach. You guys can try samples for under $5 plus free shipping. If you go to com slash samples, use the promo code ANOTHERALLCAPS to save 15%. You guys can use that code ANOTHERALLCAPS to save on any of your generation you can orders and I also want to thank action heat for supporting this podcast action heat makes the world's best heated clothing their clothing provides toasty warmth and comfort for your whole body including heated socks jackets gloves hats and even undergarments like long johns you guys this is a really good idea for a gift this holiday season so their clothing is engineered safely and efficiently, and they deliver heat via heating panels similar to a heated car seat. Their batteries can be recharged by your phone or any other gadget while you're wearing them. So you guys can head over to action-heat.com slash another to check out everything they have to offer. That's action-heat.com slash another. Use the coupon code another all caps to save 15% at checkout. All right, you guys. Let's go ahead and enjoy this wonderful, inspiring conversation with Donna Deegan. All right, so we're talking with Donna Deegan with the Donna Marathon. She's the founder of the Donna Marathon and a three-time breast cancer survivor. How's it going, Donna?
1: Oh, it's going really well. I just uh, I just came in from a uh, from a nice uh, about eleven mile run to get ready for a half marathon. I have. On uh, Thanksgiving Day, which is my great excuse for being able to uh, to eat all day long, so had a good run this morning. And so, if you can have a good run, it's always a good day, right? That's that's true.
0: And you know, we always do the drumstick dash here in Indy. It's it's only four and a half miles, though. Um, committing to a half marathon on Thanksgiving Day is kind of that's a big
1: big commitment. Well, it's 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 just almost it's almost triple the calories, so. That's true. You can, you can really get, you can really get it after it for lunch. Where's the race? Uh, actually, it's in, uh, it's, it's over in, I don't know how familiar you are with the Jacksonville area, but it's over in the Mandarin area. If you've ever, um, if you've ever taken part in, um, in the Jacksonville bank race, which is a, a race that, that is generally about a couple months earlier than ours. It's, um it's over in deep into the Mandarin area, which is just beautiful oak trees, tree lined area. Um, nice for running, nice and flat you know, good, good, uh, good half marathon. But the, the funny thing is you're running through the neighborhoods. And so you just smelling everybody's turkey and pumpkin pie and everything as you're going. So it's really nice incentive to run fast and get done.
0: So my aunt lives in Jacksonville. Oh, and, fantastic. Yeah, I'm in Indiana. And but she's lived down there for I don't know, I'm gonna I'm gonna mess this up. And this will probably be the one uh, podcast episode she listens to because she knew who you were and she's very familiar with the Jacksonville crowd, but she's lived there probably for 20 years and um, we actually were last, we were last there, not last spring, the spring before, and we took our boys to Disney World and that did that whole thing. So I'm excited though because uh, my husband and I, and we're going to bring our youngest son who is one, we're going to come to Jacksonville for the marathon.
1: Yay. All right. That's Fantastic. Well then then I, well I, and I know this is this is your podcast, so so you this will be probably out there for a while, but you saw that we did our metal reveal today, right
0: yes, I saw that on Twitter yep that that's a pretty cool metal, isn't it? It's really cool, I love it
1: <laughs> you had to say that, but I really do think it is well, very cool
0: <laughs> people I mean some people don't care about metals, but the people that do
1: really care about them like it's a big right, deal right. what kind of metal yep. it's going to be I know. You know. It's funny. I'm. I've always been that person that says I don't really care. Right. Um. As long as I get a medal, I'm just happy. Yeah. Um. But. But honestly, um. It's it, every year now trying to come up with something innovative and and different is is sort of fun and 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 just to see what people seem to get excited about. So yeah, it's the thing now. And and frankly, I, the the way the trend is going, um, it's like the bigger the better. We used to have this beautiful little dainty medal that I loved, but. Uh, the big medals are, are king right now, so that's, uh, that's the direction we went this year for sure. Well, and you really can't
0: skimp on it, so I'll give you like no. a, <laughs> a quick little uh, short story on that. I used to do some PR work for, um, Indie women's half marathon here in Indy, And, um, they tried to kind of, uh, rebrand a little bit and make it a little less girly. Um, it's very butterfly focused to things like that, but man, they put that new metal design out that wasn't all girly and butterfly and frilly and people lost their minds, <laughs> lost their minds. Like I, I could not believe, um, how upsetting it was. So, so the fact that you guys do a metal reveal and, and people should listening should know how much work goes into that. Oh my
1: goodness. So much work. Design. It really does. Yeah. You should be, you should be a fly on the wall in our office. Where we're all arguing over the different elements of the, of the, of the metals. But, but honestly, I think we've stayed true to who we are for sure with our metal. We've just gone, we've gone bigger and brighter. Um, and I like that. And then we have so many now, you know, because we've got all the challenges that we've added and the treasure chest challenge that we have with, uh, with Gasparilla and all that. So we've got so many medals that, that you want to sort of keep them different and fun. And so that's, that's, we've tried to stay true to who we are, but, but at the same time, you know, just give people a little more, a little more bling.
0: So, um, my aunt's been trying to get me to come run this race for like six or seven years. I mean,
1: so where you been, where I know,
0: huh? right. Well, so we, I just ran my 14th marathon and ever since, thank you. And ever since we started running, um, marathons, my aunt would be like, you know, there's the Donna marathon right here in Jacksonville. But for a long time I was trying to go for time and I would be like, I don't want to run a marathon that's on the beach. I don't want the sand, but now you guys don't, it's not on the beach anymore.
1: No, we took it off the beach. We actually, um, I actually loved that component of it, but, um, we just found that, the big challenge with the beach is that you have to run it at low tide, and so we had to keep bouncing our weekend back and forth every year and and we had um we had Dave McGilvery from the Boston Marathon who has his own consulting race consulting company come down with his crew, and he said, "Look, the number one thing I'd say to you guys you have a great course." Um, it's absolutely beautiful, but you got to settle on a weekend, um, because people need to get used to that weekend. Mm-hmm. And he said, I just take it off the beach. And, it, and when we did, we actually saw registration go up a little bit. The, the people that love the beach, love the beach, but, but a lot of you, you, you people who are really, really, uh, like hardcore, um, I would say to you, if you're used to running, running marathons with Hills, the beach ain't no biggie, True. <laughs> but, but for some reason people get really concerned about that beach. So, um, at some point in time I would love to figure out some element of the weekend that includes the beach. We may actually we may actually try to incorporate a polar plunge here at some point. Oh fun. <laughs> at the end of the race. But um but but right now it's um it's it's good to have, have just be on the road. I think most people are, are pleased with that and it seems to be a good a good move.
0: Now I do have to say I do like to run marathons for time, but I have run several and will run several more that aren't for time and I mm-hmm. totally would go run it on the beach you know, if I wasn't like trying for a big PR or something like that. So, um, because I love, I love going to run races that have that scenic aspect as well.
1: Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it's a very scenic run. You're going to love it. You're going to absolutely love I'm so love excited. I just yeah. have to and decide. it is a fast course. Yeah. Okay. It's a fast course. So you'll still, you'll still run fast and, and you're not on the beach anymore. So you'll be fine.
0: Well, I just have to decide if I'm going to do the half or the full. Cause I just finished the, my, uh, my first full in three years. It was, um, my first I've my first full after my second and third kids. So I waited a whole year after the third one because life is crazy with three little ones. Um, and so now I just have to decide if I want to jump into another marathon or give it a rest for a few more months and do the half. But well, I'm let excited me, let, to me run.
1: let me make that decision for you. Okay, go ahead. Let me make it for you. You make it. You have, you have to run the full. Oh and really? Tell you why. Okay. Tell me why. Because, because the most scenic part, and I tell people this every year, the most scenic part of the course is is up in the in the northern part of our beaches through Atlantic Beach it is absolutely just a stunning part of the course and the whole of Atlantic beach just goes nuts when you, when you, when you run in there, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And so I always feel bad for people that, I mean, look, the half is great. And we obviously have more people that run the half than run the full, but I always feel bad when people don't get to see that Northern part of the course, because it's just so awesome. It's beautiful. And, and, and people are nuts up there. So they've got their, they've got their, um, you know, not that this will help your PR, but they got their margarita stations and their, their Bloody Mary stations and their, their donut stations and their, their everything out there. They're just having a blast. It's like, a 26.2 mile, you know, block party. Uh so it's 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 super fun. Well there's nothing
0: stopping me for I, from I guess um running the full and not running it for time and just running it for the views and to have fun. So I could definitely make that an option too.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh plus you're gonna want that metal. I'm telling you you're gonna want that full metal. It's a if you're a metal person, you're gonna want that full metal. Okay. Is the half metal is not as good? I'm not saying it's not as good. I'm just saying it's <laughs> different. And the, and and the and the full metal the full metal is 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 definitely the, the uh is definitely the marquee medal this year for sure. We we we're really trying to reward the people that that are are going the distance and because I I want to build those numbers up. I I I I want to get people focused on marathons again and and this is a great one to run and I think the half is the distance of the moment. Sure. And because at my heart I'm really a marathoner and I love that distance. I just want more people to get out there and run the full course.
0: Okay, so how many marathons have you run?
1: Oh, gosh. Um probably approaching 30. Okay. All right. Um, and you have two kids. I have two kids. Yeah. They're both grown. Um, uh, my, my son is about to graduate from, uh, from FSU and my daughter is about to graduate from, from my uh, graduate school. So I'm getting ready to get a big raise here in, in about two or three months. Oh, will sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I saw your picture, you tweeted something and I assuming it was you standing next to two of your, your two kids and, man, I have three boys. And I looked at that picture and your son's so much bigger than you. And I was like, Oh, I'm staring into my future. I just, it's so crazy to picture that being real life, you know?
1: Well, if you've ever, if you've ever seen me, you'll know, it's not easy to be much bigger than me, but yes. Um, it's, I, I'm a, I'm a little tiny short person, but, but, but it is, it is so cool to have my kids run with me and to have my kids join me at the finish line. Um, you know, I'll tell you a funny story about my son. Uh, he's never run a half marathon before last year, but his sister ran the two years previous. And so he he did not train at all last year. And he came out and he said, I'm running the half marathon. I said, OK. Um, and he said, what time did Danielle run it in? And I told him. <laughs> and he goes, I'm beating that. And I said, Drew, look, there's no way you're going to beat your sister because, you know, she's been running. She's trained and she, you're not going to beat her. And he's like, you know, watch me. So he texted me at five miles and he goes, I'm good. I'm feeling good you know, I'm out there, you know, running the full and, and, and he's uh, and then he texts me at 10 miles and he goes, hit the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then he, and then he texts me at third as he's crossing the finish line and he goes, bam, never doubt me again, woman. And he had beaten her like by five seconds. I mean, and the kid was in a boot for two weeks after the race because he absolutely killed his Achilles tendon because he did not practice. He did not train. But he was bound to determine he was going to beat his sister's time,
0: and he did. I think <laughs> the best part of that story is that you guys were texting during the race. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and that and that should tell you a lot about how I run my race. I never run run uh, my race for time. I like to run the full, but because we're because I like to see the whole course. But because we're out there, you the know, the whole week getting ready. I mean, I'm. I'm I'm exhausted by the time I hit the start line, but I just want to be out there for the parade, you know. So I, I, I love to be out there and I'm texting and taking pictures and hugging people and you know, it's great.
0: You run your actual you run your race. Yes. Okay. I was I was I didn't put that together. I was thinking of a different you were at a different. Rhythm. You're actually running. So you're running the full marathon
1: with me. it's twenty six point two with, with Donna, Donna.
0: with Donna. <laughs> Donna's running it with us.
1: Now now Donna's gonna finish a whole lot later than you, but Donna's but, uh, gonna be but there.. Yeah, but I'll be there, but I'll be out there, yeah. I, you know uh, you, Joni Joni Benoit keeps trying to talk me into running it on anniversary year. She says, you know, you really shouldn't do this every year. you're killing yourself you should just run it on anniversary years. And I, so far I can't get myself to do it. I, every year I say, you know, maybe this will be the year I just run the half or do a relay or something so I can be at the finish line. And I, I selfishly just cannot bring myself to do it. I love to be out there with, with, uh, with everybody on the whole course. Okay.
0: So you are a three time breast cancer survivor. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that part of your life and that story and, and everything?
1: Well, it's really why the marathon exists. You know, I mean, I, I, I was diagnosed with breast cancer the first time back in 1999. And uh, after the second time, um, I I started to to sort of connect with, with viewers. Um, I was a news anchor for 30 years almost. And, and that's really, that's really you know, where, where the whole foundation idea started. I was on the air going through all this. And everybody saw me lose my hair and go through chemo and all that stuff. And so the second time I thought, eh, don't really want to talk about this so much. Why don't I start a blog? And I just started communicating with women who had gone through all sorts of incredibly ridiculous, horrible circumstances who couldn't, you know, they they were either going to have to put food on the table for their kids or they were going to have to get their treatment. And I thought, that is insane. You know, here I am going through this horrible experience, life-changing experience, um, and I have good insurance and I have a good job and I have great family support, and and I can't even imagine being in this sort of a situation. And so that's, that's really how the Donna Foundation got started. And, um, and I started, uh, I started raising money with the only thing that I really knew how to do besides anchor the news. And that was run. Mm. Um, so we started getting people just to run any race with us and, and, and raise money. And then, and then, uh, one day I met, I met Jeff Galloway at, um, at, at a river run expo, um, which is a 15 K the 15 K national championship that happens in Jacksonville. And he said, Hey, why don't we train some people to run a marathon? So we did that just to raise money. First year, we raised $100,000 just, just wow. running other people's races. And so I said, you know what, Jeff? There's no marathon out there for breast cancer. Why don't we, you know, why don't we just start our own? <laughs> and that's really how, how the race got started. But here's the interesting story, Lindsay, is, is, um, is that, that, that three months before the inaugural race, I was diagnosed for the third time, mm. and, um, and the, the cancer had gone into my lung, um, and so I was thinking there's no chance I'm going to be able to, to run and I have amazing doctors they were able to go in and, and, and cut the cancer out of my lung and give me some more chemo and um, and uh, you know this is obviously a very condensed version of, of this sure. story but it, but at the end of the day um, because of my wonderful doctors and my and, and my, my actually my oncologist was my running partner um, you know, she's at the start line with me on the day of the race and I'm just, I'm supposed to run six miles and the rest of my anchor team's going to run the rest of the relay for me because I've not trained more than a few miles. Long story short, we ended up running the entire marathon together. Um, and, uh, and it was, it was, I never felt my feet touch the ground. It was the most amazing experience and I've been cancer free ever since. Can you believe that? I mean, 10 years, 10 years plus, um, amazing, just amazing. Um, after three times, it's just been a miracle. Um, well, it's it's been amazing so that <laughs> so, was 10 so, years
0: ago that you yeah. that was that the first that was the first year yeah,
1: that of was the race. first year of the marathon right okay. that was the first year of the marathon and so, you ran so, the whole thing you know i did um but like i said i i i was really so doped up on joy that day sure. it was just incredible because because I, I mean i'm out there here i am we're in our very first race and we had we had Seven thousand people show up for our very first race, which mm-hmm. was shocking to me. Yeah, um, and I'm standing out there on the start line with all these people. Half of them, you know, are people with with the connections to people with breast cancer. There's a ton of emotion. Everybody's standing at the start line, and I just turn to my doctor and I go, "What if I want to run the whole way?" And she <laughs> said, "You know what? I can't think of anything that would be better for you." <laughs> oh, and she ran it with you. And she ran it with me. She ran every single step, as did my husband, um, and we oh. we all uh, crossed the finish line together. So. Um, yeah, it was pretty, it was a pretty amazing, amazing day, but uh, it's been, but that's how this whole experience has been, honestly. I mean, it's just been the most, this race is the most joyful, optimistic. Um, it's not a downer. People think breast cancer mm-hmm. race and they think, oh, you know, I'm telling you, it is just a joy fest. It truly is. Um, and and it's really what I've, I I try to impart to, to women who are going through, you know, whatever their challenge is, is that, you know you just have to approach each day with a joyfulness and just get up in the morning and go, Hey, I'm still here. Are you, what am I going to do with this day? Oh, I love that. And that's how I feel. I'm just so grateful every morning when I wake up and I still have breath in my body to go out and run. And, um, and so I, I mean, I truly, I've, I've never had a bad, I've never had a bad day since then, since, since I, since I got that attitude, you know, I just have never had a bad day. So it's, It's a good, it's a good way to, to, I hate that anybody has to go through cancer to have that outlook on life, but it's a, it's a good way to, it's a good way to, to, to go through life. So let me ask you
0: this for the marathon, the first year you did it, when you had just found out you, or when you had gone through treatment for your third time and it was in your lung, were you like, had you lost your hair? Were you on chemo at that point? Were you done with your cycle with that treatment cycle? How, what did that look like? No,
1: I was still, I was still in the middle of chemo. Um, I had the, the chemo they gave me for that third bout, Um, I was, I was about two months post, um, post lung surgery. Um, and they didn't, they, they, they didn't give me radiation because they didn't, they didn't want to put radiation in the lung. So, so for that third time, they gave me a different type of chemo that did not make my hair fall out, but it made all the skin peel off my hands and feet. Mm-hmm. So, so I didn't have, I mean, I, I literally was running on raw feet, but I, I truly did not feel it. I mean, I, it's so the oddest thing. I'm just telling you, it's the oddest thing, but, but I, so I was going, I was in the middle of my cycle of, of chemo at that point, um, and had chemo for a couple months, uh, post race. And then, like I said, since then I've been, I've been knock on, knock on wood. Awesome.
0: So you get the first diagnosis. How old were you?
1: I was, um,
0: 38, 38. So Tell me the difference in how you handled this like emotionally and whatnot from the first to the second, to the third, you know,
1: first time I was, I was that very, um, you know, confident young woman that I was, um, that look, you know, I'm going to treat this like an appointment on my calendar and I'm just going to go get it done and have my chemo and not miss a day of work. And, and I pretty much did that. Um, and I thought, you know, I really was very ignorant. I thought, you know, who dies from breast cancer anymore? Mm -hmm. And, um. And it was very early stage. Um, And so I really felt good about that. I was going to get this out and I was going to have my chemo and I was going to be done. So the the first time certainly was traumatic simply because, you know, you're diagnosed with breast cancer. But it wasn't, you know, it it never occurred to me that this would take my life. Let's put it that way. I mean, not really. Um, I had little kids, so I was very focused on that. And I just thought, okay, I'll power my way through this. And then when I was diagnosed the second time, less than two years later, it began to occur to me that I was not in control of this, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, as a type A control freak, you know, you think you control everything. And, and, um, and I, and so I think it wasn't until the second time that I really thought, oh my goodness, this could be a problem. But then the third time, um, the third time I, um, I think was Well, it was obviously the most traumatic because it had, it had, it had gone to my lung and I thought, Oh my gosh, you know, I'm a marathoner. I'm a, I'm a, by this time, my kids are not little kids. They're, they're, they're teenagers. Um, and I thought, um, you know, I didn't, I just thought, I don't know if I'm going to be around. And I, I, I just, it's what really, really caused me to change my outlook. I mean, it wasn't until the third time that I just went, you know what, I'm sure tired of looking over my shoulder in fear with this. I'm going to have to figure out a way to change my life and my outlook. And, and so um, I just went all in to, to try to settle my mind, to try to change the way my thoughts worked, um, to change the way I put things in my body and to change the way I, I, I looked at things. Um, and I just remember leaving Mayo Clinic that day that I was diagnosed and, and I didn't say a word to my husband, except I grabbed his hand. We just went out to the car and we sat for like 10 minutes in the car. And I finally just said to him. The only thing I could think of to say was you're going to have to help me learn how to live because I'm not going to spend whatever time I have left on this planet in fear. And 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 it was really, truly the beginning of you know, that old saying, that today is the first day of the rest of your life. I mean, it really was. It's like I, I went to see a, a naturopathic doctor in addition to my chemo doc. And, and I said, um, you know, what do I do? And she goes, well, what are you afraid of? And I said, well, I'm afraid I'm going to die. That seems pretty significant. And she goes, OK, well, everybody dies. So what are you going to do about living? And, and, and it was really such a profound question to me because I'd really never thought about it that way, um, that we're all leaving the planet eventually. So what you got to do is focus on the day that you have today and, and move forward. And, and so, um, she gave me a book called love is letting go of fear, um, that I still recommend to everybody. I keep copies of it in my car and I give it to people all the time when I'm, when I'm just out and about and I see somebody that I think needs a new outlook. <laughs> um, and I, and I just, um, it's like, I, I, I call it a 12 step program for fear addicts, but it's basically just a tiny little book that, that gives you different things to focus on, to change the way your brain works, to sort of get rid of the, the fearful place. And, um, and it, it transformed my life. That's, it was the beginning of the transformation of, of my life. And I, I, um, Whatever happens to me from now on, um, you know, hopefully I'm just getting up every day and living that day because that's I, I really honestly believe if we could all do that, it would be a much different world. Um, because if, if you're if you're fearful, you know, you're living too much in the past um, or the future. Mm. But and that sounds so trite when you say it, but it's just really super true.
0: <laughs> Man, that's so good. And I love that you carry that book around and give it to people.
1: It's a, such a great book. It's, such a, it's a tiny little book and, and it's, uh, but it's, but it was life changing for me. And, um, I, you know, I, I just feel like sometimes people just need to be shown the way out of the woods. Sometimes it's just so hard because we let all the noise stay in our heads and, and, um, and it's hard, especially since we're connected 24 seven to our devices and everything else, that it's really hard to get rid of that static in your head that, that constantly brings you back to a fearful place. And I, and I think we got to learn how to not do that if we're going to, if we're going to, you know, have, have happy lives. And hopefully that's the goal. But, um, yeah, so yeah, I, I love to give that book to people. I think it's, I think it's a game changer.
0: Okay. So I haven't found a book yet that resonates with me enough to be like, this is the book that I carry around and give to everybody. But my mission now is to find, I'm going to read this one, but find whatever book it is for me that resonates with my life, that I can do the same thing that you do and give it to people. I love that. <laughs> that is such
1: a brilliant idea. <laughs> well, it's, 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 like I said, it's, uh, it, what's, here, here's the cool thing. The guy that wrote it, his name is Jerry Jampolsky. Um, when I was writing my I, I've written a couple of books myself and my last one was called Through Rose Colored Glasses, which is all about outlook and my third diagnosis and how and the whole change in outlook and everything. I wrote him a letter and I said, do you mind if I use some excerpts from your book? Mm-hmm. He's, he's sold, he has literally sold tens of millions of these books since the 1970s. That's when, it's, that's when it first came out. And he said, of course, that's what this is all about. Aww. So I was able to use a little excerpt from his book. But here's the thing. Ten years later, he's in he he, he turned, I think, 90 or 92, 90 or 92 on his birthday, his birthday. He flew to Jacksonville on his 90. If I want to say it was nine. I wish I could remember it was 90 or 92 on his birthday and spoke at our 10 year anniversary uh, um, fundraising dinner and was just I mean I was just sitting there blubbering like an idiot cuz I'm thinking <laughs> boy you talk about you talk about bringing things into your life. I mean if you had told me 10 years ago that here's this guy that changed my life that's standing in front of me talking oh. at my marathon, you know, fundraiser. If people don't think what you put out you get back, I don't even know what to tell you cuz that's that's that that was proof to me, you know, right there.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. So I love everything you're saying on fear. And just to give you a quick background on myself, I actually am positive for the BRCA2 gene mutation. Okay. And so uh, four years ago, I elected to have a prophylactic double mastectomy. So I love that a portion of your uh, proceeds for the race and everything goes to that research, the genomic resource. Can you talk on that a little bit and what you guys are doing?
1: Yes, absolutely. and and you know, congratulations to you for for making a decision that was good for you. I mean, I think I think that you know, I have these conversations with women all the time, and I say the most important thing is um you know, to empower yourself to feel good about whatever decision you make that way. and i and I really do think that for different women, it's a different you know decision. and I think that if whatever gives you the best peace of mind to go forward, so congratulations on doing that. I think there's a lot of women that that sort of stay in a fearful place and and don't don't make those decisions. Um, whatever decision is best for them. So good for you. Um, But yeah, so here's what we do. Here's what we do with the the genomics research. My, my breast cancer doc at Mayo is one of the top breast cancer researchers in the world. Um, Her name is Dr. Edith Perez. um, And she, she is just insanely brilliant. And so when we were deciding what we were going to do with the money, I said, what would be the most important thing, as far as you're concerned, for us to fund. And she said, well, I'd like to begin a program called translational genomics, um, which would simply mean we study and unravel the genes that cause breast cancer, and we come up with new pathways to treat and cure. And she said, we don't have that right now, and I'd like to create that. And so that's what we've created. Um, We've raised you know, more than $5 million, and and that research has taken us to incredible places. Um, Literally, we have come up with um, gosh, so many new pathways into those genes. It is so interesting to see how it's happened. But here's the other really interesting thing, Lindsay, is, is that now we've determined that just through this research in translational genomics, that there are commonalities not only between um, the, 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 the BRCA genes, but there are commonalities in genes that, that cause other types of cancer. Uh, lung cancer pancreatic cancer colon cancer so we may actually be able to come up with pathways that cut across all of those cancers eventually which is fantastic but we've also been developing vaccines um, there's a brand new vaccine that they're beginning a trial on now that that we helped to fund called um, uh, uh, for triple negative breast cancer which is the most aggressive kind of breast cancer that that tends to to um, to attack young women um, so All sorts of wonderful things are happening just because of that gene research. And then, of course, the rest of the money that we raise goes to um, goes to to underserved women with breast cancer who need who need the help. So um, but it's great. It's we love we love that program with Mayo because it's produced so many wonderful results in research so far. I remember talking to the Mayo president a few years ago and he said the cool thing about being able to unravel the genes is that we're going to see more breakthroughs in the next two years than we've seen in the last 50. Wow. Wow. That's, I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. That's, that's so cool. Um, Mm -hmm. do you, when you provide resources and help for women that are underserved in the community who, um, who are going through this, tell me what that looks like. How do you serve them?
1: Well, what happens is we have, we partner with an organization called the patient advocate foundation um, and, uh, patient advocate man's a phone line called the Donna Caroline. So what we do is, is we put, they, they basically, we, 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 have a Donna fund. Um, and when, when a woman calls the Donna Caroline, um, patient advocate finds out what is their need, you know, do they, do they need, you know, uh, they basically assess the social workers there, assess their level of need. So some women call in and they need help with their mortgage or they need help with their copays, or they need help, whatever it is. And, and so we're able to help women with whatever that critical need is while they're going through treatment. The cool thing about partnering with Patient Advocate is that they also have other resources there. So say a woman is having trouble, you know, uh, connecting to, to, uh, to a certain thing with her insurance that, that may be helpful or a certain grant that she might be able to get. They're able to connect them with those things, too. So in addition to the money that we're able to provide them for critical needs – um, they're able to access other pots of money as well, and um, and there are and so we're we're able to help women not only in our community but we're able to help women you know all over the country which is fantastic.
0: So what as as someone who's been through this, um, someone who did have resources and insurance and family support, what would you say is one thing that you needed from your friends and family while you were going through that, or something that your friends and family did that was helpful to you?
1: Uh, they did not treat me with pity Mm. and I really appreciated that. I, I, um, I, the, the, the one thing I, that I could not stand was that when people look at you like that, I call it the, Oh, thank God it's not me. Look, Yeah, (laughs) I just wanted to be treated like me most days, but you know, I always say that chemo is like PMS on speed. So one day, (laughs) maybe I, maybe, maybe one day I didn't want to be pitied and another day I was like, Hey, you know, Hey. I'm going through this. What's that? You know? So, uh, so I do think, I do think that mostly what I loved about the way my family treated me is they treated me like me. And that really was extremely helpful. My husband was always there every step of the way. My kids had just mostly tried to shield because they were young for most of the part of it. But, but my husband was, you know, my husband and my friends were really great about just, you know, just, just sort of walking through it with me. But, um, but letting me still be myself without, without treating me like I was an invalid, which I really appreciated.
0: So you have this outlook on life, this like joyful outlook. And um, I just bought this letter board. You know, those letter boards, they're super popular right now where you kind of can change out the letters or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And I wrote, I put on the letters, choose joy. That's what my words, I, I picked. And I love it. It's like right in our kitchen. So you can see it when you're just standing and doing dishes or whatever. And you know, it's something I tell my son, my oldest is five, so I'm, like, in the throes of it with these little kids. Um, but it's something I tell him every day. I'm always like, you, right now, can choose to be happy, and you can choose to not uh, engage in this, like, temper tantrum that you're throwing, and these, you know, <laughs> these bad decisions that you're making right now. You can choose to turn this around, but you have to make the decision. Um, so my question, though, is that you have clearly figured this out, Um through everything well, that you've I, gone I through,
1: I, I continue to figure it out. You every continue. Day. That's that's the point, right? I continue to try to figure it out every day. That's good. Yeah,
0: that's a good, really good point. But what do you do to make sure that you're still working on it and that you're being proactive and and really living what you're saying? You know, every day.
1: Well, like I said, you know, I still follow the steps in Jerry's book. I mean, I you know, the, the, first of all, I make a gratitude list. You know, uh, every single day. It, it sometimes it's it's usually in the morning. Um, but, um, my, it's funny, my husband tends to do his at night. I tend to do mine in the morning. Um, but, but it, I, I make a gratitude list. So even if I get up and, I, and I, you know, the only thing that I'm happy for that morning is the fact that I'm breathing and the sun came up. Hey, that's, you know, but, but I mean, I usually can find a lot of great things to be grateful for. It's amazing how that reframes your mind. Um, but then, you know, like I go through, I go through Jerry's list and every single day I pick out something, you know, the first one is everything I give is given to myself. So I know that whatever I put out there that day, that's what I'm going to get back. So if I'm going to put out a, a, a cruddy attitude, I'm going to get that back. It's like you said, it's a decision. It's all a decision. So I'm going to decide that this is what I'm going to put out there today. There's, there's forgiveness is the key to happiness. There's I'm not a victim of the world I see. There is, I can change, I can change any thoughts that hurt. I mean, all these things, I focus on one of these things every single day uh, and, and that's what helps me. Now, am I perfect at it? Absolutely not. You know, I'm not going to say I'm not human. Mm. You know, I mean, I, I don't, that's the thing about this, you know, it's all a journey. And, and so everybody, look, just cause I'm saying all this doesn't mean I don't have my days where I'm, you know, ready to throw stuff at the wall. We all have those <laughs> moments. Right. But but I think by and large, if you can bring it back to I'm choosing to be like this, you know, this is my choice. Um, I know if I choose to be a joyful person, like you said, um, that I'm going to have a much better chance of having a good and joyful day in life. But I have to take that one minute at a time. Um, I think it's like anything else. If you try to eat the elephant all at once, it's really hard. But if you if you really truly get up every day and say, "Okay, I got this. I got this day. I got this moment. What am I going to do with it? Um, and it, and like I said, it goes back to, it sounds so trite, but it's just, that is, that's, that's the, the happiness is the, is the, is the answer. It's not the, it's not the destination. I mean, it, it really is. You just have to choose it. And that's, that's where most people have a, a tough time and say, how can I be happy when I'm going through this? Cause you, you, you've chosen that. Surely there's something you can be happy about. You're happy that your child is there. You're happy that your husband is, you know, wonderful or your, you know, whatever it is. Just find a reason because you're breathing and so you should be happy. (laughs) Right. Yes.
0: (laughs) All right, everybody. Oh, my gosh. Like, oh, my gosh. How amazing is this conversation? I want to bottle everything Donna's saying up and just take it with me everywhere I go when I wake up in the morning every day of my life. I do need to take a quick break, though, and say thank you to one of the sponsors for this podcast, and that is Zappos. Did you know that Zappos has a running website now? If you guys go to zappos.com slash running, you can find anything for all of your running needs. And what you probably already know, which I knew, the one thing I really knew about Zappos before partnering with them was that they have fast and free shipping and free and easy returns. But now with their running site, they have brands like Nike, Adidas, Brooks, Asics, and New Balance. New Balance. They also have a 365 day return policy, but Hey, this is a really good time to hop on and check out what they have for Christmas gifts because you know, it will arrive very quickly. So you guys head over to the show notes and I will have links to Zappos and their awesome running site over there, but you can also just go to zappos.com slash running and check out what they have. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Zappos, for supporting this podcast. And friends, if you are looking for more content from me, I put out bonus episodes every month, and you can find that over on my Patreon page, patreon.com slash lindsayhine. I bring on returning guests, and I also record episodes with my husband, Glenn. All right, you guys, let's get back to this conversation with Donna because it's so good. Enjoy. So you spent 30 years doing the news thing. Yeah. And then you've obviously made this like huge career shift and like this marathon and the research and everything like this is your life now. Do you feel like this is your life's mission?
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think my life's mission is is to is hopefully to end breast cancer and to help women who are who are going through it, but also to show people a way to a healthier life, mm. um, I, I really think, um, you know, it's so easy. Especially, I can tell you in the business that I was in, it's just so easy to become cynical. Mm. And I think, I think if we become cynical, we're done. I mean, I just you see so much of that right now, and and I and I just we have control of it. We just we just I think sometimes we feel like we're sort of spiraling down some place that we don't have control of, but we do. And I and I so I think more than anything, if I were to look at a broader mission. Yes, do I want to end breast cancer? Absolutely, um, but I mostly want want to hopefully show people that there really, truly is a better way to live than the way a lot of us are are are, are choosing to live, regardless of our circumstances. Um, and and it's um it's what I hope my kids take away from all this. You know, yeah, you know, was were they difficult times? Absolutely, but um, you're going to have difficult times in life. It doesn't mean that you can't you know, be happy through those or you can't find joy in those difficult times. And, and, um, I guess that's what I think my mission in life is, is to help people to live a happier, better, healthier life.
0: Well, that's really powerful that you can, that you, you did that and you worked on doing that while you were going through what you were going through. And that, that's your point. Like you can do it while you're going, you can do hard things and still be happy. You can. What was I going to ask you about that? Oh, I, I listened to, um, you on another podcast when I was prepping for this, uh, it was a Jacksonville podcast. But anyway, I think that you mentioned on there that you just like don't watch the news anymore. Is that, did you I say don't. that? Mm-hmm. Tell me about yeah, that. I don't,
1: I don't much. I don't much just because it, especially the local news, because yeah. I call, I, I called that my murder and mayhem job. Um, you know, it, unfortunately I think local news has gone very much toward the whole police blotter. Oh, know, sure. if, it bleeds, if it bleeds, it leads sort of, sort of mentality. And I just don't need it. I mean, whose life does that enrich? I, I, I don't, I just can't even imagine why anybody watches that it's, I, I, you know, I, I turn it on and I, and I turn it off. I mean, I, I literally, I can't, I can't tell you the last time I just chose to watch the news unless I was just flipping through the stations. Um, now I, I, I can be a bit of a political junkie, so I do tend to watch politics occasionally, but, but that's always been my thing. I, I like politics, but, but, um, but I, but I don't tend to watch local news at all anymore.
0: And do you feel, and this is pulling from listening to that conversation, I don't even remember when it was from, was it last year, 2016, maybe? Um, But you were kind of, I think you were kind of saying that you feel freedom to maybe be more vocal about things that you weren't vocal about when you were on the news because of um, your, you, do you have to feel like you're at a certain, be set to a certain precedence when like you can't be to one side or the other or whatever, when you're in front of the camera?
1: Yeah. You know, I, well, of course, I mean, when, when you're in the news business, you shouldn't do that. And that's a whole nother conversation. Sure. But, um, but, but I, but I will say that, um, yeah, I, I've gotten to the point in my life now where, um, yeah, I I'm not willing to sit by and watch things come off the tracks, um, from my own perspective. And, and again, coming from this place of, um, love over fear, yeah. uh, I just have to continue to try to beat that drum. And I feel like, um, there's so many places right now where the world could hear that message, and so I, I have stepped off a little bit more in terms of things that I, that I believe in and have an opinion on. And I got to say though, it's tough for me as a lifelong journalist. It's a little tough for me, but I but I have felt the need to to get a little bit more involved in that way, and I and I probably will continue to do that because I I just feel like. Um, There is no place. um, So dark as when we decide that that fear has to rule. And and I and I just don't I just don't see any. I don't see any light at the end of that tunnel. We got to flip the view. We got to flip the view. So um, that's that's why I get involved in some of those things. now.
0: So you've written two books. Yep. Tell me about that process a little bit. When did those come out? and, And what does that look like?
1: Uh, the first book came out in 2004 and that was basically a compilation of my, of my, uh, Donna's journal, which was my, my blog all. And so what we did is I, I wrote that book and within that book, we actually told stories of some of the other people that wrote in. So, so you, you heard my journey, but then you heard the stories of other people that, that were actually communicating with me and, um, and we let them have their own voice throughout the book. Um, and then the second book was really completely an outlook book. It was after I had read Jerry's book, "The Love Is Letting Go of Fear," and a bunch of others that really started to crystallize my thinking around around how to change, you know, my brain and my life. Um, and that was the through rose colored glasses, a marathon from fear to love. Obviously, a play on marathon. It was when we started the marathon. I took everybody through that whole journey. But but um, the whole goal with 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 both of those books is to is to is, I mean I, I think if, if anybody's read my books one of the things they notice especially if they know me is it's just it's like you can hear me talking and, I, and, I, and I, what I want people to, to know is it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to put yourself out there and it's the way that we connect with each other if we cannot be vulnerable with each other we can't move forward I just really believe that we've got to be able to be vulnerable and not worry about what happens from that vulnerability and so my whole goal with both of those books really was to um, to be able to connect with people and help them to, to see that, yeah, you know, it's, it's in our vulnerability that we find our greatest strength. And, and hopefully in that process, which was absolutely transformative, by the way, I mean, it was cathartic to write those books. Um, I had an amazing, uh, editor who, who just beat the heck out of me to, to, to get me to get more personal and more, more, um, in depth in my, in my description and thought process. And so it was incredibly cathartic to write those books. Um, But uh, it's tough, you know, it's tough to take yourself back to a place that was a painful place. But at the same time, um, to to come out the other end of it was really was really wonderful. And I, you know, it was those books are like, are like children to me, Mm. you know?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, somebody I interviewed recently on this podcast was saying that it's the hardest thing she's ever done was write a book.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I would say it's the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, It's definitely hard, but that's what I truly, truly love about. I love that about marathons. I love it about writing. I love it about, I mean, that, that to me, somebody, somebody, somebody posted that yesterday on one of their, one of their running blogs. And I can't remember who it was. They quoted that line from a league of their own where he says, you know, uh, you know, of course it's hard. It's the hard that, that makes it good. If it wasn't hard, everybody would do it, you know? Mm, yeah. I, and, and I, and I love that line because I mean, to me, and it's so hard, you know, you think of the word hard, really what, what that means is it was, it really was an effort that brought out every bit of myself that I could, that I could bring forth. And that's true. When you run a marathon, it's true. When you write a book, if it's going to be a good book that you've got to throw your whole self into it. And it, and that, that in itself is hard, but it's, um, you know, sometimes you sit in front of the computer for three hours and nothing comes out, and sometimes you sit in front of it for three hours and you've written, you know, fifty pages. So, um, it's it's an interesting process. But but I would recommend it to everybody to to at least journal, mm. um, keep your keep your thoughts on paper, and you never know what comes out of that. You know,
0: uh, that's a perfect analogy. And I have to tell you, my husband runs my a lot of my races with me now because he's way faster than me, and he kind of like. He just runs him for fun to pace me and push me or whatever, but he always says that to me when I'm hurting and feeling like giving up maybe sounds better in the moment. Um, he's always like, no, this is fun. Like, this is the hard work and it hurts, but like, it's fun. Like, this is so rewarding. It's so a smile,
1: you know, I uh, like your husband. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. And, you know, at, at the moment you're going, oh, my gosh. But but what an accomplishment that is. It's like that's why I think marathons are so wonderful, because yeah. there's really nothing like crossing the finish line of a marathon. There's nothing like it. You know, you, there's there's and I always tell people, you know, that, that that's why to me there were such great analogies to go going through anything difficult in life, you know, the cancer or anything else. There are times in the marathon where you just want to sit in the road and go, no, I don't want to go. (laughs) But if you push through it, you know, and you get to the finish line, you feel like you've really done something life-changing. And, and I, and I think that's, gosh, that's just, I think that can inform your whole outlook on life. I really do. I love running. I think running is the best thing ever. Thank, thank goodness I found running. I don't know what in the world I would have ever done. So when did you find running? when I had my second child and couldn't get back into my anchor clothes, um, (laughs) yeah, it's true. First baby weight came right off. Second baby, I was like, oop, I better get on the road. And, um, and man, I was like Forrest Gump, you know, once I started, it was just like, I just never wanted to stop. So distance was almost immediately became my love. Um, I'm not going to beat anybody in a, in a, in a, you know, in a sprint. So, um, so I, I fell in love with distance. I thought, well, if I can't beat you in a sprint, maybe I can outlast you. And that's, that's really, I guess where I started in my little competitive brain, but but yeah, that that's it. That's how I started and just never stopped. Do you run every day? No, um, I used to run every day, and um, you know, back back when I first started, and I was, you know, I would run seventy mile weeks. And oh wow, couple stress, couple stress fractures later, I decided, yeah, probably not good. Um, so no, what what I what I do now is I I, I do a, a really a really good core muscle gym workout twice a week, and I and I tend to run um, four or five days a week. So I, I I run a lot of days still, but I don't um I don't run every day. I, I find a way to take at least two days off during the week.
0: Do you always stay in marathon shape?
1: Uh no. I you know, probably not. I mean maybe some people would say yes, but I would say no. Okay.
0: <laughs> like you could get always, up and do one. I, Obviously the woman who did it while she was going through chemo. Yeah.
1: I mean, I could, but I, I, I always, I always mostly say in at least half marathon shape, but, sure. but, um, but yeah, if I had to go out and run one, I probably could. <laughs> yeah. That's so mental. You know that, right? Oh, I, mean, totally. I mean, so much of everything is mental, but and since I've done it so many times, yeah, I you know, I, I would, it hurt, but I, but I can do it.
0: <laughs> what is your, besides the Donna marathon, of course, um, what's your favorite marathon that you've ever done?
1: Oh, that's so hard. Um, that's hard. Uh, there's so many, um, I don't know. I, I'm going to say um, probably Paris. Oh, okay. Um, uh, I loved Chicago also, but I but but so I, I'd put Chicago way up there. Um, Marine Corps was great, but but I, I think Paris just because um, uh, it's just. They're like the Tour de France there, you know while you're while you're running, they're just on top of you going ale, ale, ale. <laughs> it's like and you're running past the Eiffel Tower and everything It's just it's an amazing it's a flat course for the most part and a beautiful course and um and uh, I just really, really loved it. Um, so i would I would put Paris up there um as one of my top marathons, but Chicago would be a really a really close close second, probably, and maybe maybe marine Corps, maybe Marine Corps third. You like the bigger ones. Um, i I, that's, yeah, I, I do. I mean, you know, cause I like the crowds. Yeah, I really, I, I like the crowds. I've, I've, you know, I've run some smaller marathons. Um, mostly the Jacksonville ones though. I just, I don't really travel to run small marathons mostly. And when I say, you know, I'm just talking about a couple, couple thousand people. It's not to say I wouldn't, um, I PR Disney, but that wasn't one of my favorite marathons, uh, uh to be honest. I mean, that just t- happened to be when I was in my best shape. Um, so your PR but
0: is I, your standing PR is at Disney?
1: Yeah. What is that? That's 35640. Okay. When did you do that? Um oh gosh, that was my very first marathon. I never and then right after that I was diagnosed with breast cancer, oh gosh. so I've never I've never come close to that again. Yeah. Um but um but but I but I mean it was it was a cold day. I love running in the cold. Um, it was a flat course. Um uh, But, uh, but, but I would say as far as my favorite marathons go, you know, they, they run that so early because of the heat. So there's no, there's no crowds. So I, I just, I just love being out in the atmosphere. I love, I love being around, you know, crazy people.
0: So you mentioned that writing a book isn't the hardest thing you've ever done. What is
1: the hardest thing? You know, I I'd probably say going through breast cancer three times is probably right. the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, but I didn't have any choice in that matter. Um, you know, I mean, you know, as as you know, um giving birth is no is no uh sure <laughs> no walk in the park. Um but yeah, I'd say I'd say that I'd say that the, the, the chemotherapy is probably one of the hardest things. I, I, I really um and, and I and, and probably the hardest thing was that lung surgery that I had because oh, they yeah they had to get they had to actually cuz i'm so tiny they had to actually cut one of my ribs cut cut, cut through one of my ribs cuz they couldn't get the instruments through so so um that was that was um having all those nerves cut um i mean i literally i am not i'm i'm a pretty good person with pain hmm. um that was hard that was that was the most most pain i've ever been in my life and hmm. i and i'd say i'd say mentally um you know that whipped me pretty good um and but but i but i um obviously i was in the middle of already you know with whole, my whole mental transformation by that point, so so I it, I came through it okay, but I would say that was pretty pretty hard. Um, um, I don't know. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to say what's the hardest thing, but I but I but I would I would guess that that would probably have to rank up there. <laughs>
0: okay, so we've talked about fear a lot and your choice to live joyfully, um, and I'm sure you've looked people going through this, what you've been through in the eye several times. But what's your you know, if you were one-on-one in a room with someone who's facing that first diagnosis or, or second or third, even what's your message to them? Like, what would you look them in the eyes and say?
1: I would say, first of all, um, you know, if you have to feel sorry for yourself for 24 hours, I get it. I mean, everybody has to, uh, but then I would say, I would say, um, be kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up when you feel, when you, when you have days of despair, but at the same time um, you've got to find a way to look that fear in the eyes, not ignore it. Um, let absorb it, you know, it it is, it is what is happening to you, but then let it go through you. I mean, literally let it, um, as one, as one wonderful author put it, let it rise and bless you at some point and and let it, let, let let yourself live through it. Mm -hmm. Um, don't try to push it down. Don't try to push it away. Um, don't let it own you, but live through it. And then, what you have to do is say to yourself exactly what that lady said to me. Okay. You know, I may not be in control of this, but what I am in control of is how do I want to live this moment in my life? And that's what I would say is that if you allow this to happen, this can inform your whole rest of your life in such a positive way. If you can literally embrace this and say, I'm going to be joyful through this. I'm going to find a reason to be joyful um, then this, you can come out of this a so much happier and better and more productive person than the person that came into this process. And really, isn't that what we're all here for at the end of the day is, is, you know, we want to, we, that's, isn't that what we want out of our lives? And I think some of us who've never been through things and, you know, and maybe even some of us who have are still sort of living on the earth and and, instead of in it. and, And I think, um, you know, it, That's what I'd say, you know, live your life and and let it, let it be a joyful experience, even through the, the craziness. Is
0: everybody taking notes? (laughs) (laughs) Um, are you one of those people, uh, for instance, I'm one of those people that if I lose something or I, I break something or for instance, a few weeks ago or months ago, I ran into the side of the garage with the car (laughs) and, um, I just, I don't get worked up about stuff like that, and I don't know if it's uh, my nature because of my awareness of, of my BRCA gene or just, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, just my awareness of other people suffering over real, real stuff. Um mm-hmm. But then my husband kind of like gets a little bit more riled up about stuff like that. And I (laughs) and I say to him, I'm like, does it really matter, though? Like, it really doesn't matter. And it's already done. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, Mm -hmm. And on the flip side, he'll be like, well, you can't uh, like make it make my feelings feel like they don't matter because it it does bother me. Do you find yourself uh, shaking off, you know, shrugging off the small things like that, too? Or does it do they still really piss you off?
1: No way more than I used to. I mean, I used to be really a small, I mean, anything, you know, Um, but so absolutely way, 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 way more than I used to. Now, what helps me is, you know, I always say to my type A, I've got a husband who is like completely Zen. I mean, the guy (laughs) is like so Zen. Um, I mean to the point where some sometimes I want to go really, really? Um but but uh but that's he's such a great, you know, he's such a great balancer for somebody who's constantly bouncing off the walls. And so when I started to go through this whole process of I need to find quiet time, I need to find ways to focus my brain, I need to I mean, he was the perfect person to be on the other side of that because he that's already who he was. Um so so um yeah, in my situation, I'm probably still the crazier of the two, um, you know, in terms of of how I react to things. But 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 I would say probably 18 trillion percent better than I used to be. Yeah. <laughs> I used I used to be that girl. Okay? Yeah, 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 you know.
0: <laughs> totally. Well, and I should clarify to the listeners that I am not a Zen person. Um I'm still like kind of crazy bouncing off the walls on stuff. I just like things like that, I'm like, yeah, well, whatever. Cause it's, you know, like nobody's
1: dying here, you know? Right. No, that's it. And that's what, that's then the fact your exact phrase is what I say. You know, whenever I even begin to get upset um, or nervous about anything, I just say, you know, no one will die or no one has died. And that's really what you really have to come back to.
0: Totally. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Donna. So we wrap up with some fun questions at the end of the show. Um, what's one thing personally or professionally that you haven't done yet that you'd like to do?
1: You know, um, gosh, I don't know. I I don't know. Um, I, I, I still want to travel a lot more than I have. Um, you know, my, my, my goal is to, is to run a marathon in basically every continent and every place I ever want to visit. I mean, that's really how we travel. You've probably figured that out. by. I mean, if we pick a place, so I, I still have a lot of places I want to run marathons in. Um, but, but, um, Oh gosh, um, I don't know. I don't know. That's a t- that's a tough question because I I try to so think of my days in in a in a today format that I that I'm not. Um, I don't really have something on my bucket list um, that I that I. Oh, my husband's probably going to say I'm crazy. What, what what's on my bucket list, honey? Well, to me personally, you said you said traveling that yeah. nice, that place to do it yeah yeah I get yeah I guess that's the thing I, I want to continue to be healthy I, I think that's 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 the main thing but I still haven't run the New York City marathon Ooh. that's one that I've always sort of had on my bucket list but what happened to me is I got in twice and I and both of those times I got re-diagnosed with breast cancer yeah. I like, you know what I'm not signing up for New York anymore if no. I ever if I ever decide to run New York I'm just gonna have to jump in one day and do it because you know it, 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 mentally I can't bring myself to, to sign up again, but, but no, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty stoked with life right now. I just, I think travel is probably my biggest thing and I, I cannot wait to have grandchildren. Oh Lord. Oh. I don't want my, I don't want my children to do that until they're ready, obviously. But I, but I'm, I am, I am super looking forward to that day. I used to, I used to say, God, just let me live till my children are grown. And now I'm like, you know, grandchildren would be great.
0: <laughs> yeah. I want to rock some babies. Oh, that's so special. That's so sweet. How will, how old are your kids
1: my kids are 22 and and 25 and they're like I said they're still in school so I'm so I'm I'm not rushing them I just I will be looking forward to that yeah
0: you'll be excited when it when it gets to happen okay so So but you said travel like if you had to pack up your bags and like live somewhere for a year where would you go
1: well, we're huge fans of Costa Rica. We, we travel to Costa Rica a lot because my husband's a huge surfer in addition to he's he's run about twice as many marathons as I have. So he's a big marathoner. Also, we'd love to go run and surf in Costa Rica. So if we were ever going to live someplace else, um, we'd probably live there at least part of the year. Um, we love Costa Rica. But um, uh, beyond that, um, gosh, I just I could just go backpacking through Europe for. Forever, probably. I'd love to, and I'd love to also go to the Middle East. Um, my my family is um, is Lebanese on my dad's side, um, and I've never been over there because the world's been such a crazy place. But at some point, I really, really want to go to the Middle East and see it, just because that's where some of my some of my blood is from. So I'd I'd love to see that. Which we, t- we went we went to Ireland for. My, my husband's Irish, so we went to Ireland for his fiftieth birthday and ran the Dublin Marathon. <laughs> oh, fun! <laughs> which was which was super fun. So at some point, I'd like to go over and run the Dead Sea Marathon or something. I don't know, or the Beirut Marathon, something something of that nature, without having to worry about you know craziness. So, so
0: I know you're a big U2 fan, correct?
1: Oh my gosh, huge, yes. Okay. I'm a
0: so if you could have. And this isn't like in a celebrity, like oh my gosh, I want to meet a celebrity kind of way. But if you could mm-hmm. have coffee or cocktail with anybody, fun and exciting that you could kind of like sit down and pick their brain and enjoy a an hour with, who would it
1: be? Yeah, it'd probably be it'd probably be either Bono or The Edge, I guess. Yeah, that'd probably be, I would I would that would be super that would be super amazing because cause I I just have so much respect for everything else they do with their lives. Sure. Um, I think they're, I think they've used their platform in such a positive way. Um, I did have an opportunity to meet them about, uh, about, 20 years ago when they came to Jacksonville on the, I think it was the zoo tour or something. But I, but at that point I, I walked into the room and they were standing there and all I could think of to say was, <laughs> you're great. Um, but, but, but if I had that moment back, I could, I could ask some really great questions, but yeah, that would be fun. Um, who's the coolest
0: person you've ever interviewed or the most uh, interesting person you've ever interviewed?
1: For work. Well, I got, I got a chance to, um, I got a chance to interview, uh, Barack Obama shortly, uh, shortly before he, he, uh, he left office. And, and that was, um, that was, the, you talk about a bucket list. Um, it was funny because I was about a month away from retiring and, um, and, uh, and I, I, I remember we were flying over the nation's capital coming back from Joni Benoit's race in, um, in Maine. And I said to my husband, you know, my only, my only regret is I've interviewed a lot of presidents who, who are, you know, past presidents, um, but I've never interviewed an actual sitting president. And, and, um, and don't you know, I got back to the station and, and they said, hey, we have this opportunity. If you want to go to Washington, they're offering us, you know, there's one, one reporter from the state that's going to get to go. And would you like to be that person? Because our, It's our turn. And I went, oh my gosh, would I like to be that? person? <laughs> <laughs> so I had a great I had a great conversation with the uh, with the former president when he was um in his last uh, last couple of years, which was um which was absolutely amazing. Um, and so that would probably be he i thought he was wonderful and very interesting. so um but but I, i've interviewed I've interviewed so many interesting people over the years. um, it would be hard to narrow it down. so many regular people who were just fascinating, but um but he was probably that would probably have to be right up there for me.
0: And didn't you invite him to your race? I did. <laughs> that's hysterical. You were just like, that's what I love though. You're just like, I'm, you know what I, I'm owning this. Yeah. Like I want, no, totally. I want you and yeah. Michelle
1: at my race. And yeah, I did. That's like one of the first, that's one of the first things I said to him, Hey, you know, I have this race and, you know, I'd love for you guys to come down we'd love to, you know, um, it, it, you know, so yeah, I mean, if, if you get a chance to talk to somebody, you know, just be a human, that's, that's yeah, yeah. that's, why not? Right. I mean, you're not going to get it if you don't ask. Right. He didn't come. He does, <laughs> but, he's but, still but, around. He might. <laughs> he might. One of these days. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't come yet. He, well, well, we're still working on it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Michelle's got you her.
0: She's got her move your body campaign or whatever. That, that's right. Yeah. That's she's right. got a big, Listen,
1: big thing. You with don't that. A, You don't ask. You don't get. That's, that's, that's right. That's, that's that's the bottom line. So that's so cool. Um, What's, <laughs> what's the best, most recent book you've read? Oh, goodness. What is the, mo- you know, I, I've been on the fiction side. I have just been a huge fan of the, um, of the Outlander series. Um, so, uh, the last, I'm trying to think of the last Outlander book I read was the drums of autumn. So I've gotten, I've gotten way into fiction these days because I, I used to just read so much, so many, so many political books that I finally, finally got tired. Um, so that's probably the best, most recent book that I've, that I've written, that I've read. I'm, I've just joined a book club and I'm, I'm, I'm about to read one and I can't remember for the life of me the name of it. So that's terrible. But I, but I, I try to, I try to keep a book going at all times. Um, but sometimes I do better than others, but so for fiction that, and then, then I would say for nonfiction, um, you know, I like anything that is, that is a, a good, uh, there's a, there's a priest that his name is Richard Rohr that writes some amazing books like, um. Uh, the naked now, and um, what's the latest book we read by Richard Rohr, honey? What's the the Divine Dance? Yeah, I, I just like anything that basically connects the spiritual to the to the to the intellectual. It's fun. I like me, I so. like that you guys read books together. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. He's he's he outpaces me these days for sure. I used to be the the much bigger reader, but he's he has definitely gotten gotten to the point where he is on fire with that stuff, which is, like I said, great. It's like, a, it's, a, it's, it's wonderful to be with somebody that, that you can share that stuff with.
0: Yeah. I always say to my husband, I wish you would read the book, some of the books that I read. Cause then we could talk about it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It is fun. Do you guys watch any shows? Oh, um, you know, I'm not a big television person. I'm going to be honest. Not really. I mean, I, I, I occasionally, um, well, that's not true. I guess when we, when we, we, watched, we, we watched The Big Bang Theory, okay. we're, we're, big, we're, big, we're huge Big Bang Theory people. We like that because it's funny. It makes me laugh. I, and I, if I'm going to watch TV, I want to laugh. And I, will, and, I, and I like The Voice because my dad was an opera singer, so I've always been a huge fan of, of, of people with good voices. So I, I, um, I, I watch The Voice. But beyond that, I can't say that I, that I yeah. watch a ton of TV besides, besides college football and NFL football. But I went to Florida State, so this year I'm just ready for college football season to be over. Oh,
0: I did see on your Twitter that you had a lot of like football related tweets that you were. Yeah, into. that's
1: that's really why I got on Twitter as it's for for football. So you get live and then live tweet football. Sort of, yeah, right. Yeah, and then it, yeah. Now it's sort of now it's sort of race race life football. Um, occasional politics, but beyond that, mostly mostly just fun stuff.
0: Well, Donna, I'm so excited to meet you in person in February.
1: I can't wait for you to come. You've got to run the marathon. Okay. Me you're okay. Run the marathon. I'll, I'll
0: run it. Like maybe I won't train for another PR, but like I will run the full. That's fine. And my husband's running it too. So,
1: Oh, great. I can't wait to meet
0: him. Um, and then listeners of the show get a discount too. So we'll, I'll talk about that in the intro and whatnot. But, um, I hope that people listening are inspired enough by you, um, that they'll want to come run with me at the race. And, um, Man, thank you so much for sharing your story and your message of of love over fear.
1: Gosh, thank you so much. It was, it was great to talk to you. You've given me my pump up for the day. I'm, oh, I'm, good. I'm ready to go now. Woo-hoo. It was, it was like <laughs> your extra cup of coffee. It was. It was. Totally. So thank you.
0: Okay. Well, I will see you in February. Thank you, Lindsay. Okay, Take
1: care. Have a great day.
0: You too. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening today. Thank you, Donna, for coming on the show. Happy Thanksgiving, you guys. I hope you're having a great weekend. And hey, you can follow me over on Instagram, lindsayhine 626 Twitter at LindsayHine, and Facebook, I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hein. Come run the Donna Marathon with me. It'll be so much fun. I will have the link to that in the show notes with the discount code Lindsay 15 if you want to get 15% off your registration. Thank you, Zappos. Thank you, Action Heat. And thank you, Generation You Can for supporting this podcast. Most of all, thank you all of you for listening. I appreciate so deeply each and every one of you. Have a wonderful day. Have a great weekend. And as always, I'll see you next Friday.